pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From Red Raider Outfitter outside Jones Stadium, Rock 101 Sports presents the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game. Starring Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. We're 1-3 and we're 0-3 in one-score games. Um, not finding ways to uh, finish the game, not finding ways to win the game at the end. You know, the guys, you can feel... I thought it was a good atmosphere, uh, but you could also feel their frustration. All right. Yeah, frustration, that's probably a pretty good word to start with here. But uh, coming up today on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame, we'll do some rockin' research with the voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfelder. Also former Red Raider legend Lawrence Flugence. He is here today to talk the past and the future for the Red Raiders. Jarrett uh, will break down the recruits coming in for the game. Quite quite a few, it looks like. Uh, so we'll get you all caught up on that. Plus, Macy Martinez will debut the Rockin' Pregame shoe. Wow, this is uh, we, our own shoe. Wow, I guess we, we all get a pair, right? Is that part of the contract? No? Is that not? Okay. No, but we, we, we have, uh, this is really cool. We'll, uh, if you haven't heard about Macy and what she's doing with these shoes, it's really awesome. Plus, we'll talk offense and defense. We'll rock and roll and give you our rockin' predictions and get you ready for today's game with Texas Tech in Houston, which kicks off around 2.30. Checking the pulse of Red Raider Nation with our Rock and Reality Check. All right, so uh, Rock and Reality Check. Uh, I'll just make mine real quick here, and then we'll <laughs> get to you, Jarrett. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's been kind of a, a depressing year so far. But it's just it's just weird how the expectations for this season somehow just you know they just got out of whack as probably to where year two normally would be for a new coach. Just the excitement and the enthusiasm is just so crazy that. It, it's fallen short of that so far, but has fallen short of where literally it ought to be in, in, a, in the beginning of year two for a new head coach. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it's yeah. like I've been trying to, to deal with it myself because I've got real, you know, I'm always pessimistic guy. I know that. But uh, but I've been trying this week just to think, you know what? It is only year two, and you probably just need to cool the jets a little bit here, just watch things play out. But it would be nice to get a victory today but overall i'm i'm still you know i've i've cooled my crazy optimism but i haven't uh, i'm not throwing in the towel for anything yeah so that's kind of where i'm at i think my rock and reality check would be piggybacking off what you said i think the expectations were legit i you know in the opening we heard mcguire say they were right there in one score games all three of those games last year they found a way to win with Mostly the same players, almost the entire right. coaching staff. So I think they've underperformed. Quite frankly, okay. I feel like they could have won. They could have won. They should have won in Wyoming. They could have won in Oregon. I mean, both those games they were they were winning in the fourth quarter and found a way to lose. Uh, you know, and then against uh, West Virginia, that was the ultimate frustration game. I feel like yeah. just because offensively you felt like you had a horse in Taj Brooks that you didn't utilize in the first half, and then when you got down there right by the goal line. You went away from him after he had got you back in the game. Yeah. So, and then all the 
frustrating penalties, you know, four penalties on the defense on third down, which gave West Virginia conversion. So you just felt like that was a very winnable game, a game that you were Vegas had you favored on the road by a touchdown that that you let get away. So they're not doing what they should be doing, what we expected them to do coming into the season. So is it a learning curve in year two, like you're saying? Yeah. You know, from the coaching staff, uh, a lot of veteran players. I don't know. I, today is going to be interesting because the Red Raiders are really banged up. That's another part of the yeah. story. And as Coach McGuire said, they're not going to make any excuses. Nobody's going to feel sorry for them. But the fact remains, they have a lot of guys out, yeah. you know, and it's in some critical spots. So it'll be interesting to see if they can overcome that adversity because so far this season, they have struggled to overcome adversity. Where last year, they did such a good job of it. You know, yeah, in so yeah. many games, they, they just showed their toughness. And this is well, it's like the brand. The brand. The whole thing yeah. with the brand. I don't think you've really felt like the brand has been on display so far this year. Yeah, I don't either. And it's going to be windy today. It's going to be one of those classic West Texas windy days. So that's another part of my reality check is it'll be interesting to see how both teams do with the wind because if, if you're listening you can probably hear the wind on our uh, broadcast so you know of course texas tech players are used to it the quarterbacks and receivers will see how houston does with it all right we also have former uh, red raider lonnie edwards uh, with us today here at, at the rocket pregame so hey lonnie how you doing hey how's it going guys pretty good pretty good uh so uh, we'll talk to you here in a second here Pete. we got a rocket reality check today well, obviously, like most fans, I'm disappointed they're one and three. I mean, they very well could be four and zero. Oh, but uh, what are you going to do? You can't cry over spilled milk. You can't look back and oh man, we were up by nine against Oregon, seventeen against Wyoming. I mean, that's in the rearview mirror. So you got to move forward. I mean, you got to win this game at home today, uh, and then you got Baylor, a team you could beat. But I mean, you know, you, one at a time. And it's Houston this week, and you know, I'm, I'm just the only thing I'm leery about is. Uh, you know Donovan Smith now on the other side, yeah. and and if Houston wins, I know we're just going to hear a lot of more of this garbage. So I just hope Tech can get it done today. I mean, you got to win at home. You you want to get a bowl game. You you got to start winning. One thing about what you said, I agree with. Like, what's next is what Coach McGuire says a lot in terms of you can't look in the rearview mirror, but you have to a little bit so you don't keep repeating those same mistakes. No right. right you absolutely. know what I mean? Like, if it keeps happening. And you just put it out of your head, then you're not learning anything. Right. You know what I mean? On the so, mistakes, but I'm saying you can't dwell on, oh, man, we lost. I mean, and the players aren't, but I think some fans are. Well, players, they're kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have right. short-term memories compared right. to Right, they got to move on. So, goals. you know, you beat this team last year in a non-conference game. You, you got to beat them today at home. Just like, you, you know, you, you say you don't want to keep looking back, but if, if you drive through a big pothole, what's the first thing you do? You know, pop-boom, you look in the rearview mirror and go, damn, what was that? Oh, it's a pothole. I'm not going to do that again. See, there you go. That's why you have to look in the rearview mirror sometimes. You get, you get what I'm saying? There? Angry Pete, but where's the angry Pete? <laughs> if I get the dog. I keep going. Oh, angry Pete. Uh oh, I'm not angry Pete. Pete swerves to hit dogs. Let's be honest. All right. I'm happy. So, uh, so Lonnie, remind uh, everybody listening today when, when you were playing at Tech and some of your thoughts through through that era. Yeah, I'm here today. You know, last night we uh, honored Mike Leach with our all Hall of Fame. Conductory, but uh, 2007 to 2011, I was here. Then last year with Tommy Tuberville. Uh, but anyway, as far as my my thoughts on the game, I think we're going to pull it out. You know, one thing I was talking to some of the alumni, Letterman. They said, you know, one thing we notice is used to when it got ugly, we got real ugly. This time, they don't quit fighting. Right. So I predict 
hey, let's get through this little rough patch. We're about to start making things happen. So how is a former player, you know, you come around the program now and you got McGuire here and the thing, what he's building and what he's doing. Awesome. Uh, what are your impressions of, of the future of Texas Tech football under McGuire? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, y'all can see the construction going on. Uh, Cody Campbell's been a huge hit with this program. Um, Coach McGuire, especially his staff. Um, one thing I love and one thing they say all the time is, hey, how much juice do you have? So I've really, really seen the juice happening, and uh, we're, we're feeling it. And I yeah. tell you what, I've never seen so many, so many alumni and Letterman that are coming back right now and believing. Oh, that's awesome! Program, so. A lot, a lot of former Leech players in town this weekend. They you are. know, yeah, oh, big yeah. contingency. I, I haven't seen them in 15 years. That's awesome. Wow. They're all here, so yeah. it's gonna be a big day. Yeah. Excited about it, Lonnie. Thanks for dropping by today too. You're we appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Uh, coming up next here, Jarrett's got uh, some recruiting updates for us, and it's a list of Red Raider recruits that are in for today's game. There's actually quite a quite a big list here, yep. uh, for what our stance. So we'll uh, break that down. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame, uh, we're outside Red Raider Outfitter in the wind here across from the Raiders football recruiting with 24/7 Sports, Jarrett Johnson. All right, yeah, we're going to get updated on tech recruiting. Uh, keep in mind here, just a few minutes, former Red Raider Lawrence Flugens, who was a tackle machine uh, back at his time at Texas Tech. He is here with us at the Rock and Pregame, and uh, he's going to be joining us here in a few minutes to uh, just talk about his career at Tech and some of his impressions of, you know, Mike Leach and uh, this weekend and uh, just, you know, what it what it means to him. So we got that coming up in a few minutes. Uh, got a lot, of, a lot of guys visiting uh, Tech this weekend. Absolutely. And, uh, got a list. We'll go over some of the highlights of that. That. But first, the the thing that seems like everybody always asks is, it's like when you're you know you're one in three, people start freaking out on recruiting. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, are we are we going to lose guys now? And if we lose this one, are we going to lose more recruits? And and it doesn't really seem it doesn't always work that way, just as a matter of wins and losses or something. I mean, there's right. other reasons guys recruit. But what what are your thoughts on what's the one in three start done for recruiting? Anything? Well, first I want to acknowledge yes, winning and losing does play a part in recruiting, but. Uh, fans, and, and I'll just say us, uh, not with the program, not one of the players. We tend to overreact. Because you don't know why a guy, always, sometimes a guy, re, he'll, he'll recommit on something other than just. So many different reasons. Right, right. I mean, each, that's why I love to ask former athletes, you know, about the recruitment because it's all, it's always unique. Here's what I'll, I'll tell you, that a lot of fans were kind of overreacting, or at least reacting to the losses. And we're, I noticed on Twitter we're actually reaching out to, re, to recruits and commits and saying, you know, hey, I don't blame you if you move on and stuff, oh weird stuff like that. And a lot of the recruits actually took it upon themselves to say, no, we stand by, behind the brand. Right. For example, four-star uh, offensive lineman commit Ellis Davis out of Prosper jumped on Twitter and said, look, we have a group chat. We all talked and we said, look, we stand behind the brand. We understand a lot of these guys. I mean, like Will Hammond is off to a great start, like statistically. But I believe they uh, Hutto started one and four on their season. So I mean, he understands, and they played some really good teams and had some close losses. So it's not like these guys don't understand that losing happens. You lose games sometimes. Right. You know, you, you can't win them all. So uh, no, I, I don't think right now Tech is in great danger of losing this class. Now, one guy to, to keep an eye on is Cheeto Affili. He's your number two rated right under Micah Hudson, four-star edge rusher. He visited A&M. He snuck into A&M for, for a home game last week. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to flip or he's wavering, but, I mean, that's a sign to watch out for. Yeah, More than yeah. 
Tech start this year to, to the season. Right. But there are a lot of commits in this week. There's over 30 recruits expected uh, here today at the Jones for the Houston game, including at least six commits. So to me, it sounds like they're staying pretty strong with right, the Red Raiders yeah. and McGuire and the great job that James Blanchard and Brian Nance and uh, the, the personnel department does. One, I mentioned Micah Hudson. He's in town uh, today. and He actually, I don't know if anybody saw on Twitter, but he posted, uh, uh, like, you remember the old Dave Campbell's cover of Graham and uh, Crabtree and, and Coach Leach? Well, he put uh, McGuire's and himself and Barron's face on, like, one right next to it and with, with a pirate flag emoji oh, that's cool. on Twitter. I thought that was yeah. really cool. And to, to go back to your original question, question about winning and losing and, and is Tech in danger of losing uh, some commits? Well, right after the Oregon game is when Micah Hudson decided to commit, and he said publicly, "It was you know, there's been all these, this negativity with the losing. People were asking me, when am I going to announce my commitment? Well, I decided this was the perfect time to give you know the fans and the team kind of a jolt and, and, and some good news. And uh, for those who don't, don't know who Micah Hudson is, uh, five-star receiver out of Lake Belt in the Temple area. Uh, he's the highest-rated commit, at least in the modern era maybe all-time in Texas Tech football program history. Uh, great talent, c- kind of dude that you expect to come in and make an immediate impact if there is one coming out of high school. I mean, right. that, you never know with that. Some highly rated guys come in and, you know, it still takes them a year or two right. to adjust. But Micah looks like a dude. I wish he could play today. He's here today. <laughs> I wish they could, they could uh, rotate him in there. All right. Is there any other any other highlights? You guys are in town, or yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's we don't have time to go over all thirty. Of no, them, I understand. Yeah. Uh, no, Trey Jackson tied in from uh, South Oak Cliff. There, what two time, at least two time, if not three time, defending state champs. Uh, he's a real talent. He actually plays receiver for South Oak Cliff, and uh, that that uh, high school program is actually near and dear to my heart. My dad played football way back in the day, uh, in the late 60s, before he went on to play at TCU. But uh, it's always followed South Oak Cliff, and it's been great to see their their resurgence. Uh, a couple other commits who were in town. This is an interesting one. Lorenzo Johnson was the first commit of the 2022 cl- or 2024 class. And then he decommitted because wasn't sure if he was going to play receiver or DB and what the coaches wanted him to play at the next level and kind of opened up his recruitment and announced that. But then he quickly recommitted. So he committed, decommitted, recommitted, and the coaches kind of said, look, let's let's stop making everything so public. You know, like right. we'll tell, you know, or whatever. We found out that he actually recommitted, put him back on the commitment list, and then three months later here in the last couple of weeks, he actually said, hey, my recruitment's closed. I'm going to Texas Tech. And, He's here at, at the game today. So nice, Lorenzo yeah. Johnson is a very good athlete. He might play receiver. He might play corner. Uh, he can even play some safety uh, at Texas Tech. So we'll see what, where they plug him in when he actually gets here. But very good athlete out of Madisonville, Texas. Um, you have some uh, offensive linemen here, Cason Long out of shallow water. Very athletic. Dude, I think he's probably going to play uh, interior offensive line at the next level. Uh, highly recruited guy. Baylor really wanted him. TCU really recruited him hard. The fact you got him early and uh, he's still solid with Tech is, is great. That's great. He's here. Local offensive lineman, big dude, Holton Hendricks out of Lubbock Cooper is also going to be here. You expect a local guy to come to the home games, but still another guy that you beat the Oklahoma States, the Baylors, the TCUs of the world to get his commitment. So you got to keep uh, recruiting him, of course. Uh, preferred walk-on commit, another offensive lineman, Jackson Hildebrand. And that's something we don't talk about a lot, but that's a new thing, r- relatively new thing in that with what the Matador Club has done 
with these $25,000 NIL deals for everybody. Not every program does that. There, are, I think SMU's done something similar. Baylor's done something similar, but not everybody does that. It's kind of like SMU pays. They they pay everybody. Well, that's true. Uh, but <laughs> for but, conference to get in a conference, I mean, they, yeah, money's no object. Right. A lot. A lot of the big Power Five programs will have a different approach, where say a star quarterback's making seven figures, and the offensive linemen are barely eaten. Here, at least, there's that twenty-five thousand dollar baseline, and I think. I can't remember if it's 15 or 20 of the of the preferred walk-ons actually get part of that too. So it's yeah. not just the scholarship guys. I mean that goes a long way. Especially Those guys locker room, I would think, just there's not as much yeah. know, petty jealousy and stuff like that. But it also perhaps. allows you to get a guy to come in who is maybe like a three-star guy who is considering, say, a North Texas or something like Arkansas State or something like that, but you get him in as a preferred walk-on, hey, that guy might end up starting for you for two years, two or three years. You, you don't know. Some of these guys really hit a growth spurt or, or really mature in, in college. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years with what they're doing with the Matador Club and the NIL stuff. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, a good, good weekend, lots of visitors. What's my, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Sorry. Real quick before we move on, I want to mention there's some 2025 guys. There's about – a little over a dozen 2025 guys recruiting for the future because they are about done with the 2024 class. Maybe one or two guys that, I mean, they've been recruiting for months, if not a couple of years now. And 2025, uh, you know, is is what they're really focusing on right now. Uh, a couple of guys I want to mention is receiver Kyron Pate. Uh, we you know, we talked to him and have a preview story on Inside the Red Raiders. He's excited about being out here. And then a running back uh, named Cameron Williams, three-star guy. And he, uh, he's going to be somebody, again, is going to be on that level where, it's going to be between Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU. So it's good to have him on campus for this game, and hopefully you have a good showing. And where is Tech right now in the conference, the, the new Big 12, not counting, yeah. you know, take OU, Texas out of it. Are, are, they're near the top, right? Are, they 20? are. It's like Texas, Oklahoma, and then Tech is right there. You have Cincinnati's doing a really good job, and UCF. UCF, that's watch out for them because, I mean, they're in Florida. Uh, they're right behind Tech, aren't they? Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. They're, and I, that's something that I think it's only going to get better. I mean, Florida is like Texas, and where they are in the Tampa area, it's a hotbed for recruiting. Now that they're in a Power 5 conference and they've had some success, I mean, I think they're really going to blow up as a program. All right. Is that pretty much it? That's Anything pretty else? much I mean, we, I right. could go on you forever, can but go on, yeah. I start uh, nerding out on this recruiting stuff, so I don't, I don't know. But well, InsideTheRedRaiders.com for anybody yes. who wants to go full-on nerd here. So, yes, right? there's okay. a full list of, of confirmed visitors. I think we have almost all of them uh, confirmed for, for, for today. All right. Um, all right. When we come back here, we're excited to have former Red Raider great Lawrence Flugens with us here on the Rock and Pre-Game and, and uh, another guy that uh, played uh, those early years for Mike Leach. And uh, can't wait to get some of his thoughts on his time at Tech and what his uh, impressions are of McGuire, what he's building here. But we'll uh, we'll uh, visit with, with Lawrence coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pre-Game outside Red Raider Outfitter, across from the Jones on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Looking at the Big 12 scores, one game last night, BYU beat Cincinnati 35-27. Today, number 24, Kansas, is at number 3, Texas at 2.30. Houston here at the Jones at 2.30 against the Red Raiders. Texas Tech favored by 8.5. The game is on FS2. Baylor at Central Florida, also at 2.30. Iowa visits number 14, Oklahoma at 6. And West Virginia goes to TCU. 7 o'clock tonight. That's your big... A deeper look. 
right. Uh, great day here on the uh, Rockin' pregame. We're happy to have former Red Raider great Lawrence Flugents with us. And uh, I said earlier, a tackling machine. I mean, all kinds of records, and we'll get to all that. But, man, thanks for being here today. I'm happy to be here. Uh, there's a lot of energy uh, here on University Avenue. I'm telling you, it's, it's wonderful. Glad to be here. When's the last time? Do you come into Lubbock often for games? Do you get to come back much? or? So, uh, it's funny. My, my wife's mother lives here. So okay. So, we actually make it back quite a bit, probably about three or four times a year. We try to catch a game at least once a year. And your wife was on the uh, tech track team, right? She was. She's javelin? actually an all-conference all conference javelin thrower uh, back in the early 2000s. So nice. Yes. Does she still throw the javelin occasionally, get out there? And... When she's mad at me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm still mad yeah. at you. That's, that's dangerous. Yeah, I was about to say, my, I think my wife would probably like to learn to throw the javelin. <laughs> So if, if we're basing it on that kind of thing there. But, uh, but no, thanks for being here today. And I know we've got a lot of former players, uh, you know, they're here uh, in town to, you know, for Mike Leach getting into the uh, Hall of Honor, which is really cool. And you played, you were there in those early, those early years. What do you, what do you remember for, for that, that time when Leach kind of first got here? Today? So well, the one thing I always loved was his fight spirit. You know, Leach, uh, in his very first meeting said that, we are here to win the national championship. That is our goal. We're, we want to become, you know, become a national powerhouse, and that's exactly what I felt like we laid the foundation for, uh, you know, for, for other teams in, in the future. So, uh, you know, Leach, he was, he, he, he tended to go on tangents from time to time. You know, <laughs> we, we really learned his eccentricity, uh, you know, early on, which was fun. You know, um, a, a lot of the guys didn't know how to take it at first because you know, we used to spike dikes, you know, and he, he also had a lot of stories for us. But, right, yeah. you know, Leach just took it to like 10 other levels. We hear that a lot you know, from guys who played for Leach. Yeah. What was it like last night? Uh, I mean, obviously, Leach going in the Hall of Honor, but Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Wingo, and, and then a bunch of other great Red Raiders. What was the whole night like? It was fantastic. Uh, I thought uh, it was so well put together. I hadn't been to a Hall of Fame dinner before, but this was uh, just completely over the top. I was really taken aback by, you know, just all the great people there, all the other former players that came. You know, got a chance to, you know, reconnect with a few guys. Uh, you know, having my family sit there and, and, and see, you know, all, all the things that Texas Tech has been able to do, especially for their former athletes, you know, this is, uh, it, it was just completely tremendous. And is, is Leach's family here? Yes, Leach's family here, absolutely. Excellent. And what do you think about what's going on? I mean, obviously, you probably wish you could play now with all the facilities and the amenities. I he mean, looks like it just keeps play. getting better and better. It looks like he can suit up, and they could use another inside linebacker. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, if they would pay me the NIL money, I'd come back right now. <laughs> but, no, the, the facilities are absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I was just remarking to my family, uh, when I first set foot on the campus, you know, the, uh, the visitor side was on stilts, you know, the press box. Wow. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but, uh, you know, right now with everything we have going on and Cody Campbell's actually a good friend and I know that uh, they're really trying to do their best to uh, upgrade the facilities a lot. And I think uh, after everything is finished, it'll be second to none. So I'm really looking forward to it. When you look back at your career, how did you have such great vision to get, I mean, you know, 500 tackles, you led the NCAA, you led Red Raiders three years in a row like Jordan Brooks did. I mean, you seem to have a knack for where the ball was going. Well, I really have to attribute it to uh, my tremendous coaching. Uh, Ruffin McNeil uh, was my linebacker's coach then, and he just taught me how to observe offenses, you know, to look for little things that can really kind of tip me off on where the ball is going to go. And so, you know, Ruff just coached me up really well. Leach coached me up really well. Uh, Greg McMacken as well. And so 
I, I felt like I was just kind of like their protege, you know, and also Ruffin had uh, Coach Dexter Coakley, you know, played in the NFL for quite some time. And so I just learned a lot of things uh, that he did and, 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 what, and what Ruffin taught me. Uh, what, what, what's your favorite Red Raider memory? Oh, I have two. And I, I think it's a lot of people's favorite memory. But um, so my senior year when we beat uh, Texas A&M uh, in, uh, in College Station, yeah. you know, that comeback victory, I mean, it was just tremendous. And I remember reading in one of the newspapers, it was the best game you didn't watch because <laughs> it wasn't on TV then. That's right. But uh, I remember uh, Aaron Hunt and I, we were both just sitting on the field, you know, just basking in the victory. And, you know, we worked uh, so hard, uh, you know, to beat A&M through the years. And that was just a t really hard-fought game. But uh, my second best memory was uh, playing against uh, University of Texas uh, that same year and, you know, beating uh, Chrissy Sims and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and Roy Williams. Uh, that, was, that was pretty fun. And then watching uh, everybody storm the field like they did uh, you know, a few years before when I was a freshman. So um, that, that, those are two tremendous times. And I just remember um, after the game, you know, Leach pulled everybody together and said, hey, you know, we beat everybody in the state. So we're Texas State champions. So it was, uh, it was actually a really cool, really cool moment. Just seeing you talk, your face is lit up. I mean, you guys play, some only play one, two, three, four years at Tech, but you're a Red Raider for life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's ever since my first uh, visit here to Texas Tech in December of uh, 2000, no, 1997, well, it was a long time ago, uh, I knew this was the only visit that I took, and I knew that I had to be a Red Raider. I knew that this was uh, my place. It, this is where, you know, God wanted me, and so I just said, you know what, I'm all in for a lifetime. You mentioned some of the things Coach Ruffin taught you in terms of tipping off what an offense can do. Was it like offensive alignment stance or formations? Where can you kind of share some of those, some of those yeah. tips? Well, I mean, I can go as in-depth as, as you want me to, but I'll just tell yeah. you this. So, um, you know, Ruffin would always say, look at the down and distance, look at the formation, look at, uh, you know, the offensive line and kind of where they where they put their hands, where they put their feet, look, listen to the quarterback's cadence, um, and then – you know, there's only a few set of plays that they're going to run within those types of formations and certain down and distances. And so uh, for me, you know, having to process all of that in less than, you know, two seconds, uh, you know, it, it took time, but eventually I was able to do it. And so uh, from there, I could just read my keys and just go fly to the football. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Now, was it 500 tackles that, that you finished with? I, I mean, that's it doesn't seem almost doesn't seem possible. I mean, I remember like uh, Jeff said earlier that you led the the country and the conference and all that in tackles for a couple of years, but I mean, 500 tackles is that, is that really what, what you finished with? You know, that's what they say. <laughs> that's uh, I just looked at the stats at the end of the day, and that's what I ended up with. So, it was, um, but I only remember the tackles I missed. Oh, you know, yeah. so yeah. we hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> those are the only ones that I remember. And so, if uh, my senior year. If I wouldn't have missed those uh, eight tackles, I would have had over 200. So it would be wow. nice. Wow. That is, that's, that's unreal, man. Okay, we asked you about NIL. What kind of NIL deal would you want? If you, in a perfect world, you were an athlete now, who would you want to have an NIL deal with? You know what? That's, um, man, that's a tough, that's a tough one to answer right there. I, I, um, I like Spankies. You know, yeah. oh, there you go. you know, they're cheese sticks, man. They're there's there's something serious. So uh, <laughs> I'd love to get an idea from those go from those guys. Yeah, another question we like to ask former Red Raiders is about your recruitment. Mm -hmm. And do you remember how it all played out? Why you chose Texas Tech? And if you have any stories like of when the coaches came to visit you at home or anything like that. So I was recruited by Dean Campbell, former defensive back coach here under Dykes, yeah. and uh, you know. He had been watching me all summer. You know, he contacted me and said, 
hey, you know, we really think you're one of the best players, uh, you know, in the Houston area. And so I was, you know, very flattered by that. Uh, I had a, a lot of other schools courted me at the time, but uh, they got me here on a visit, uh, you know, met with Coach Dykes. You know, he pulls me in his office and says, Lawrence, you know, we think you're one of the best. Uh, we think you could be a really great player here. You know, we want to offer your scholarship now. And I didn't commit right then, but, um, you know, it, it's something I definitely thought about. But also, I just remember the camaraderie that they had here at Texas Tech. You know, my, uh, my host at the time was uh, Mark Washington, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Ricky Hunter. Uh, he's a former running back here. You know, those, those just really good guys that I remember. And, you know, I just remember them making me feel so welcome and making me feel like this was home. And uh, about three weeks later, Dean Campbell calls me again and says, hey, Lawrence, you know, um, we'd really like you to commit, you know, because we're running out of scholarships. I said, yes, I'll go ahead and commit. But he told me, he said, you know, hey, Lawrence, it's like, uh, you know, when you, you can get proposed to a woman and then you say, hey, you know what? Hey, Sally, I'm going to go date uh, Trisha over here for just a little bit. But even though I'm committed to you. So he kind of explained to me, like, hey, what a commitment really is. And so uh, I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go ahead and stick with Sally at this point. Nice. <laughs> Who are some you, of the other you girls did, you yeah. consider gay girls? You said other, you said other schools were recording you, like, who are some of those schools that you uh, seriously consider? Uh, Mississippi State, Kansas, um, you know, those were the main two that were really after me. Uh, and then, uh, you know, LSU, they were kn knocking on the door a little bit. Oklahoma um, came around uh, just for a little while. But uh, once I got serious about tech, I think they all kind of just understood that that's where I wanted to go. So it's uh, today, of course, you know, it's, it's a chance for the fans to honor Mike Leach. You know, because the way that whole thing ended, we don't have to get into that. Everybody knows that whole story. But I think it's interesting with him being in the Hall of Honor. But it's also a uh, chance for the fans to come out today and really for the first time at a tech event yeah. to be able to really show their appreciation to Mike Leach. And I'm, you know, I was a big Mike Leach fan, and I'm so excited about that opportunity today. I'm just wondering, a guy that played for Leach, I think you'd mentioned to Sean the other day about you had kind of a pit in your stomach, you know, just thinking about, you know, Coach Leach and everything. And what, you know, when you sit there and think about him, and not even necessarily about football, but just as a person and what, what he meant to you or something, what what do you, what is, you know, when you think of Coach Leach, what 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 kind of thoughts do you have, you know, when you think about him? So, uh, you know, Coach Leach, when we first got there, uh, he put a lot of posters up. You know, one day at a time, one play at a time, you know, attitude with double T in the middle. You know, that's just what he embodied. You know, he was he was a person who was fiercely competitive, uh, wanted to win. He wanted to beat people 100 to nothing. And, you know, that's one of the things that I just absolutely respected about him is that, you know, his commitment to, to winning, to the university, to his players. You know, he, he really set out to make us great not just be good enough and so you know we we had a taste of that when we beat him on the other side the first before he got here you know uh, when we played OU you know I think it was Stoops's uh, first year yeah but uh, yeah. but you know he, he really uh, wanted to tell us that hey you know what this is how you win this is how you get to the next level this is what we need to do in order to be successful one uh, real quick story um, so Midnight maneuvers. I'm sure if you guys, nobody's ever talked about that. You know, it's it was one of the worst times to be a red Raider, <laughs> just because you know he'd get us out there at 10 o'clock at night, and uh, you know he would. If you didn't do well the night before, he'd make you wear a pink shirt the next day. <laughs> so he was like, no excuses. Uh, you know, we're here to win. And so, uh, you know, he just really instilled that in all of us. Yeah. Did you ever have to wear a pink shirt? Never wore a pink shirt. And I never 
threw up because <laughs> I had cans all over the uh, the ATC at the time. So. <laughs> That is a, you know, Proud of that. It's so funny because I think a lot of fans, I mean, you know, fans loved Mike Leach. Mo, not everybody, but most people, majority yeah. of tech fans, I think, loved Mike Leach. And, and he's such an eccentric guy, and he was just so bizarre, you know. And, and But I think that's why people around here loved him because he's, you know, everybody, West Texas just, there's a mentality. You always have a chip on your shoulder because the rest of the state's always, you know, say, yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere, this, that. It's always something. But Leach just kind of strangely embodied that, that same, I mean, not even being from here, but he somehow, he just connected with people so much and and i'm always i think it's fascinating how he, he was so, such an eccentric person but how he connected with players and how you guys respected him and just because he was just so off the wall you know as a fan you just see him in press conferences and things but i, I just think that's just it's one of the most interesting things about him is how he just was able to reach guys who are 20 21 years old and stuff and, and you just wanted to play for him well you know I think he could just innately see things in people that not everybody else could see and maybe they didn't see themselves. You know, he saw something in me, he saw something in guys like Cliff Kingsbury, Wes Welker, you know, just a, a lot of guys, you know, uh, Eric Morris, you know, these folks that you, you don't think can really play big, but they, he just inspired them and really, you know, believed that, hey, you know what, you can do so much better, so much bigger the things that you uh, that you don't even think you can do yourself, and so I was really just taken aback by his ability to be able to just see things in people that they didn't see in themselves. And see, and that's the mark of a of a tremendous leader. You know, I mean, it's one thing to take people that have the obvious talent and already believe in themselves, but most people don't ever reach their full potential in anything. Really, that's probably the fact of the matter. So to have somebody, I mean, that is that's a mark of a great leader. It's coaching. And why he ultimately was a right? great coach. I yeah, mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. Putting players in the best position to get the most out of. I mean, that's, that's yeah. coaching in a nutshell, right? I mean, essentially. It makes essentially. a lot of sense. So have you had a chance to, uh, you know, talk with Coach McGuire very much? No, actually I haven't. Um, I've been dying to meet him. I think he is, uh, you know, what Texas Tech needs, you know. Um, for me, he just, he's a Texas guy, so he knows this this area, this territory really, really well. You know, he was a Cedar Hill for all those years and did extremely well. I just thought he brought a tremendous amount of value to Texas Tech, but I love how he's uh, talking about the brand. You know, we have yeah. to establish our brand here at Texas Tech, and I think that's hugely important, especially when you're talking to young kids. It, you know, it, it, it uh, really dives deep into even a legacy, and that's one thing that I always try to preach with my family, you know, just how to leave a legacy wherever you are. And so when you establish that brand, and then you can establish that legacy, and then it'll last forever. Let's get your thoughts. I mean, you're a Houston guy. I mean, I would think the Red Raider Houston game probably means more to you than a regular game. It actually means a lot to me because over the years, you know, we've played them. They've gotten us. We've gotten them. But um, so the University of Houston did not recruit me at all. So, <laughs> so this game is a little personal to me. You know, I was right in their backyard and they didn't send me a letter or a phone call. I was getting calls from all over the country and they just said, no, nah, we're not going to we're gonna, not gonna mess with this guy. But, um, you know, so, yeah, whenever we get to beat Houston, uh, it, it's uh, a little special to me. So they what do you Houston think? a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think about the game? Did I mean, obviously, last year was a non-conference game. This year, much more at stake, the Big 12. No, it's huge. You know, uh, right now, uh, we, we have to win this game. I think that, uh, you know, to get started in the Big 12 race, I mean, this is a, one of those pivotal games that if, 
we don't uh, take advantage of it, you know, it can set us behind. And so I think uh, Coach McGuire is going to have the boys ready to play uh, against this t really talented Houston team. But I think they also have a little extra incentive going against uh, one of their former players, you know, and Donovan Smith. You know, uh, I was I was a fan of his. I thought he was a pretty pretty good player. And so uh, now he's over at Houston, which I completely understand the reasons why. But at the same time, uh, it's always nice to go beat up on your former teammates. Hey, and then I, I saw you, you you originally were with the Patriots, and then you got, like, your rights went over to that over NFL Europe or what? Did you ever go over there? I did. I did. So, Berlin uh, or where was it? Uh, yeah, so we uh, it was the Berlin Thunder. Uh, did pretty well over there. We actually won a championship, which was a lot of fun. And so, uh, you know, it, it was it, those were some of the best memories I ever had. You know, just there was a bunch of guys that just came together in a very short period of time. It was about six weeks, and we gelled like no other. And uh, we went over there and just... You know, tore a new one. In the room, so, <laughs> what was, was the crowd like? I mean, that's probably something you'll never forget. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, we got to play in Olympia Stadia, which is where Jesse Owens uh, competed uh, back in the 30s. So, that was really, really neat. And we had the largest crowd ever in our final home game of 19,000 people. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty amazing to see uh, that, that good of a turnout there. Because, you know, the Germans, they're all about their soccer, right? You know, a lot of Europeans are about soccer. But, uh, you know, I think they started to uh, open themselves up to American football, which is really nice. Nice. All right. Lawrence Flugent's with us on the Rockin' pregame today. And, uh, uh, man, it's it's been a lot of fun. We always enjoy hearing the stories from, you know, back in the day and everything, and uh, especially uh, things involving Coach Leach on this special day for him. And uh, can't wait to have that opportunity to I hope it's like a just a, a huge celebration. I mean I yeah, want it, I want to be like so bad they they can't they can't move on because people are so loud for so long. I think it'd be awesome, awesome. for Coach Elise. But Lawrence thanks for stopping by today. It's fun to see the whole family around here. Are these your kids that are running around here too? Uh, <laughs> I got bigger kids around here somewhere. I, I think they might have left. I think they were tired of hearing me talk so all right, was, uh, I know kids are that way about their parents, aren't they? Yeah I talk for a living and my kids are like, yes so what? They're not, they're not impressed with it. So we got Rodney Blackshear here also so, hey, right. What's up, man? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Lawrence, uh, we'll let you go and get to the festivities today. There's probably some tailgating to be done, I, I would imagine, at some point here. The, the beer's not going to drink itself. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's a, it's, it's a bad day to be a cold beer, right? <laughs> okay. Man, now, he Lawrence, just went up in my phone. I'm telling you, man. That was awesome. All right. No, thanks for being being here today. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks I hope we get a, get a victory today. All right. Coming appreciate up next, it, it is... Uh, all right, we're going to check with uh, the voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfelder. He joins us to talk about today's game and give us a little insight on the Houston Cougars. And that is what we got coming up next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame Live outside Red Raider Outfitter across from the... Voices of the Big 12. We're hearing voices. But it's not the kind we need to be concerned about. It's nothing, not those nothing, not, it's nothing weird or anything. So, all right. Well, uh, today on the Rocky pregame, we. By the way, let me just say that. Uh, let's see what time is it here before we get to uh, Kevin here? Yeah, about twelve thirty. You got Vanilla Ice over there at Raider Alley. Stop collaborating, listen. Yes. Yeah. Cooking That's... MCs like a pound of bacon. Yes. I do. Oh, I do, dude. Does I do. He, love is that. Is he paying taxes here? Because I feel like this is his eighth I, show. Yeah. I feel like he almost lives here. Yeah, but yes. This is where he. This is where he. Uh, he spends his winters. Yes. I love it. He yeah. used to play. Uh, <laughs> he used to play Six Flags in Arlington all the time, like after his career. Wow. Right. Right. Like, like, yeah, back in uh, one of my early radio jobs, back when I was the jammer. Oh man, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby was number one on the Hot Eight at Eight every single night. Nice, love, love Vanilla Ice. I think that's the same time that uh, Pete was asking every 
ladies if they're a war for his form. Playboy Pete. Era. What do you got, Playboy Pete? Man, that was, Pete. That was a good time in radio <laughs> broadcast history. Anyway, was but it? I, <laughs> it was for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, then you got crazy and got into uh, TV, but yeah. uh, we will hold that against you. All right, but anyway, Fidel Ice uh, over at Raider Alley, and I, I believe he was supposed to be around 1230 when, yep. he, when he hits the stage and rocks the mic like a vandal or something like oh, that. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, excellent. Man, I was in elementary when that was number one. Yeah. You no, played that funky oh, music, white boy. That was his follow-up. <laughs> you know, it, wasn't yeah. near as, it wasn't near as big, but, uh, but yeah, I'll tell you, it was Ice Ice Baby and You Can't Touch This by Hammer were at the same time, man. The two biggest songs in Lubbock. It was crazy. Do you ever hear that story about Suge Knight, like basically holding them over a balcony and like the oh, yeah. tenth, <laughs> tenth floor, like for for the rights to Ice Ice Baby? Oh, he's been bringing up Suge Knight. Reminded me. Did you say they arrested somebody for the the, 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 the murder yeah. of Tupac? Wow, from '96. Here on Rock 101.1, we've got more Tupac talk coming up. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's just uh, yeah. All right, well, let's get to it here. He is standing by patiently on the phone here. We're joined by the host of Houston Astros and Rockets pre and post game, as well as the voice of the Houston Cougars. We welcome back to the uh, Rocket pregame the super busy Kevin Eschenfelder. To hey, Rocket thank pre-game. you very much, man. It's uh. Yeah, this is a busy time of year for me. Astros uh, one day, U of H the next. And, uh, by the time playoffs are over, if the Astros make the playoffs, it'll be rocket time. So, yeah, it keeps me busy. But that's, you know, I've been doing it since my 27th season with the Astros, so I'm used to it. Well, and then uh, let's talk about, uh, of course, uh, Houston's got quarterback Donovan Smith, uh, who was with the Red Raiders last year. I think it's got to be special going back there. I mean, the way these kids move around today, I don't know how long – you know, he wasn't there all that long, but yeah, anytime you're going back, I'm sure, uh, you know, you, you want to be at your best. Uh, Donovan Smith is, as you know, you've been around him. He's a, he's a very intelligent young man, uh, very thoughtful young guy. And, uh, so, you know, he knows what the importance of going back to Lubbock and where he, you know, had some good times and bad times last year. But I think above all else, he's a competitor and, his main priority is not beating Texas Tech. His main priority is giving the Cougars or helping the Cougars get their first uh, Big 12 conference win. Well, Houston has some exciting young receivers with Brown, Golden, Wallace, Wilson, Harrison Pilot, and Dalton Carnes. Who stands out for you? Uh, well, you know, really it's uh, Matthew Golden because uh, Matthew Golden and Sam Brown have been fantastic. Uh, when you think about Matt Golden as one of the highest rated uh, high school wide receivers that the Cougars have ever gotten. And uh, he has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, they do have a good thing. Well, Sam Brown, one of the leading receivers in the Big 12 Conference, he as well. And uh, those two are the ones that really stand out. But uh, they've got some guys. Uh, Joseph Manjack is another guy that, uh, that you got to keep an eye on, number zero. He's kind of built like a thin tight end but can, can run like a wide receiver. He's another guy that can do some damage. So they've got some guys that can hurt you and uh, – if the offensive line gives Donovan Smith time to find his receivers, uh, they could do some damage. We've seen both sides of it. We've seen TCU get up in his face, not really have the time, and then we've seen uh, we've seen him have time and be able to pick UTSA apart a little bit. And the same thing with San Houston State. All right, so uh, what does Tech quarterback Baron Morton need to do to keep Malik Fleming from the football today? Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, yeah, Malik is an interesting guy because he was the guy – he was in East Carolina, a guy that was not heavily recruited. And really, Dana tells me the story that they met last year after the game at midfield, and Malik Fleming came up to him after the Cougars beat ECU uh, out in North Carolina. And uh, I noticed she didn't line Tank Dell up on my side. <laughs> and, so, and so 
Dana said, man, that's my kind of dude right there. That's the kind of guy I want, a guy that plays with that kind of confidence. He's been very, very good in the special teams. Uh, he has been, whether he's been playing the nickel, he's moved over. He's actually played safety, nickel, and he's played a little corner from time to time because they've had a lot of injuries in the defensive backfield. Yeah, but Malik Fleming, he is a, he's a special talent, one of those guys that uh, you know plays 100 miles an hour, plays smart. Uh, it seems like every time good things happen, he's, if he's not the one making it happen, he's right around it. So, yeah, he's the kind of guy that certainly makes the defense better. The voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfeld, uh, er, Eschenfelder, joins us on the Rockin' pregame. How does Dana Holgerson survive this season if he doesn't things turn uh, turn things around this year? Well, Pete, uh, you know, it's a multi-million dollar question, and I, and I don't know. I don't. I don't get into you know the whole uh, who's on the hot seat, who's not. I, I'm here to you know represent the university and call the games, but uh, you know it, it is what it is. It's, it's you know it's grown man football and. Uh, it's a it's a business based on uh, on your record and and you know if they deem that it's not the right guy to keep go forward then then it's going to be a, an issue but uh, you know that's that's way above my pay grade and you know I wish Dana all the best uh, I like Dana a lot and I wish him the best because uh, what's best for Dana is going to be best for the University of Houston football program. Well, what key injuries are concerning for the Cougars this week? Well, right now the the whole defensive backfield they they are starting to get some guys back. Uh, Tony Mathis, who did not play last week, he was a starting running back two weeks ago, or the first three weeks of the season. He didn't play last week. But on the flip side of that, you know, where there's, uh, uh, you know, a door opens, uh, there's an opportunity there. Somebody steps through it. That was Parker Jenkins, because in his first start for the freshman, true freshman, he rushed for more than 100 yards. So uh, the defensive backfield is where they're really banged up. Uh, Jalen Emery is another, as a guy who's safe there, cornerback, uh, They've had a lot of guys go down back there, and so that's where they're really going to have to mix and match and, and uh, kind of be in survival mode as far as that's concerned. Other than that, uh, Dot Wonkwa, who is a big nose uh, nose guard, he is uh, he should be back. He's expected to be back this week. He really anchors the interior of that defensive line. So if anything, they may be getting a little healthier this week after being able to rest a few people against Camp Houston last week. All right, so, uh, you know, Houston so far has struggled on third down on offense and struggled scoring touchdowns in the red zone. What solutions do you potentially see for the Cougars? This well, I think it's, you know, again, a guy just being able to make plays and getting the ball into playmakers' hands. Sometimes I think the more you struggle, the more you struggle because the more you start to press. But, uh, you know, just let the game, it sounds so cliche, but kind of let it relax and let the game come to you. There's been some drops and uh, this passes, and that's been a big reason why, you know, the Cougars had opportunities against BCU. I'm not saying they, uh, they should have won the football game by any stretch of the imagination, but they did have opportunities. The defense, TCU scored on its first drive of the game, scored a touchdown on its first drive of the game, but the next three possessions were a turnover in plus, on the plus side of the 50 for the Cougars, a punt, and then a turnover on the plus side of the 50 for the Cougars. And they turned that into three points and two, uh, turnover on downs. So they really weren't able to convert. Uh, you know, that it, it's a fine line between winning and losing. You know, do you turn those just a few things around, the little tweaks, making the plays that you need to make when you need to make them? If you do that, you've got a chance to win the football game. And uh, it sounds harsh, but if you don't, you really don't have a chance. The Cougars don't have – they're not at that level right now to make mistakes or not take advantage of mistakes and win football games. So that's something they're going to have to do. If they do those things, absolutely, they can win the game to this afternoon's game? You know, Pete, I think that uh, it's going to be a situation where you're going to go into very hostile environs. 
And uh, it's really the first time that they've well, it's the first road game. So there you go, except for the fact that you go play across town at Rice. But the true first true road game. So you're going to go into hostile environments. You know, that can work two ways. Uh, it, it can work to your advantage because it's, uh, you get that us against them mentality or, or, you know, it can be hard because you're going against those, you know, the, the 12th of, you know, that, that, that crowd. But it, it, you got to get out to, I think they have to get out to a good start. Uh, we saw them last year. I say that just as I say that last year, we saw them last year in Lubbock, uh, get down 17 to three and come back and, and take the game into overtime. So before eventually losing. So I, I get off to a good start and, you know, then all the other ones, you know, convert on third down, get off the field on third down and, and win the turnover battle. And again, those sounds so, uh, you know, so basic, but I think they're just the kind of basic tenets of, of winning, winning football. And uh, that's what the Cougars need to do, especially on the road. Well, celebrating 33 years covering Houston sports, our thanks to the 2020 Houston Baseball Media Wall of Honoree, Kevin Eschenfelder, for taking the time to talk with us, and good luck on the call today. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Have a great day. All right, and uh, when we come back here, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk some uh, Baron Morton today. Do we see, we assume we see Baron, obviously it's not going to be Tyler Shuck. Do we see some Jake Strong for the first time ever? It's uh, some things to discuss here when it comes to the Texas Tech offense. Coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live outside Red, uh, Red Raider Outfitter. We're across from the Jones on Rock 101. Red Raider Offense. All right, we'll talk some uh, Texas Tech offense today. To help us do that, uh, another a former Red Raider great with us today, Rodney Blackshear. Rodney, thanks for uh, stopping by again here. We always love when you stop by, man. Appreciate it, guys. Always happy to come back and, uh, you know, give some Red Raider knowledge if I can. Uh, you know, this game today, probably personal for you. I mean, uh, you're from Houston. Uh, you held that record, five catches, 251 yards. Uh, first, talk about that game and then just today's game. Well, obviously, you know, back then, uh, you know, that was my last game in college. I'm from Houston area. From Houston, actually, not area. I'm from the inner city. And to be able to play in front of, I had, like, I think, 35, 40 of my family members there. I told him to get there early. I'm going to score the first time I touched the ball, and I was fortunate. Robert Hall threw me a pass from 95 yards, first touchdown. I was great. Caught another 80 yarder, and just this is just a big game. And not only that, we won, and uh, we ended up finishing second in the conference that year. And of course, we didn't have a bowl tie-in, so we didn't get a bowl game, which we thought at that point in our season we could have beat anybody in our conference, let alone win that bowl schedule at that time. Hey, uh, when you look at. Uh uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the uh, you're also the 12th man killer. Talk about that. Uh, another moment for me, uh, just my junior year, being able to uh, go into College Station, one of the schools that actually did recruit me. Uh, I had a lot of friends on that team, and you know, the 12th man was a big tradition. My brother went to Prairie View and so he used to give me problems about, you know, whoop, whoop, all that. Like, come on, man, get your thumb down, not up. So anyway. The fact that they kicked it to a, to us, and I, you know, we talked about it that whole week, and I'm telling you, Coach Dykes was a visionary. He told us, if we do what we're supposed to do, we'll score in this 12th man this week. And, you know, right before halftime, I think it was 13 seconds left. And, I, I, again, I couldn't believe they kicked it off. They kicked it, and, you know, I got some great blocks on there from Ben Kirkpatrick, you know, Larry Eaton, uh, Brian Dubisky, my convoy to the end zone, so to speak. And, you know, and, and the funniest thing is right when I crossed the goal line, it hit me. I knew what I had done. And so... I ran, and guys were giving me a high five. I was trying to get everybody with me. And as 
It wasn't the cameras on anymore, but I started shooting at that 12 man sign. <laughs> and of course, That's you know, awesome. I got death threats. Uh, Whoa, did you? Oh, yeah. A couple well, of letters. Aggies. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was great. Again, for me, that was, that was you know, two of my greatest moments as a Red Raider, just being able to uh, do some things that were historical, coming from the Houston area. Uh, you know, obviously beating that U of H team and then playing and returning that kickoff against the 12th man holds a special place in my career. Uh, were you at the Hall of Fame induction oh, yes, last night? Just talk about that. I mean, it's got to be what a what a scene to see being a Red Raider, mm -hmm. bringing putting Mike Leach in, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Wingo, and some other great yeah, I mean, Red you know, Raiders. One of the things is I've been fighting for Matt to get in for a while. You know, we came in together from the same class, and so you know, and obviously Coach Leach gave me my first opportunity to coach. A lot of people don't know that I came back. My first year from playing professionally in the Arena Football League to coming back and coaching here at Tech as a student assistant. And so, like, you know, like Mike Lee's gave me my chance to, to become a coach. And, you know, I'll never, you know, not remember to, to thank him for that. And so, to see him, you know, get his just due, so to speak, that's been long overdue, uh, it's, it's great that I, I had to be here. You know, then obviously, Cliff, you know, the things that he's done for the university, not only as a player, but as a coach, uh, you know, bringing nothing but great things to this program. You know, he, he brought us, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, people can say whatever they want to say about the record. You know, we're on the map nationally because of things that he did, not just as a player, but as a coach as well. Well, you know, it's not the way Tech fans wanted it. And, of course, you know, Mike Leach uh, getting into the Hall of Honor today. His family's here. I see a lot of pirate things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it should have happened, a, you know, a different way, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, showing the man his due respect, Give him the honor that he obviously deserved. And, you know, like I say, he's all-time leading, you know, coach and wins in our school history. So why, why would we not show him the love and the respect that he's earned as a coach? Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on today's game? I mean, obviously now in the Big 12 with Houston, uh, this is a must-win for the Red Raiders. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, it, it's a tough start to a season. I mean, there's no question about that. But having said that, you know, I still believe that, you know, this it's a long season. It's the reality. You know, you start off, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You know, my senior year, again, you know, we started off 1-4, and, and we came back, and we ended up making, you know, 1-6-5, which they play more games now. Right. But, you know, we were both eligible just to get one. So I don't I don't see a problem. You know, this is a great way to start off conference play against an old Southwest Conference rival for me personally, hometown team. We just go out there and play our, play our, our game. You know, more than just go out there and be relaxed and just have fun. That's what this game is about, going out having fun and making ways to win games. You were one of the best to do it ever at Texas Tech as a receiver. Had some great moments, some of the best receiver moments we just talked about. How do you feel like the receivers are playing so far this year? Is there anybody that you focus on on the current teams? Uh, Bradley comes to mind first yeah. off. You know, I, and, and this is one of my things. You know, I'm honest. I, I think that we should get the ball to those guys more. You know, we, 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 um, we, we've allowed, I don't know, I, I call it outside noise to affect how we coach. Just coach like you do and let the guys that will make plays for you make plays. You know, we always, one of the things I say as a great, great, great receiver is our job is to make our quarterbacks look great. Give us those opportunities and we'll do it. And so I think, you know, it's the whole coaching staff kind of have, I think they hit the reset button in my mind. Just from, I listen to some of the things that are being said and whatnot. And they just go out and have fun. I mean, that's even as coaches, you know, when I coach, you don't want to be stressed doing the job. Yeah. You know, the hype train is, is what it is, but we just need to go out and do our thing. And I think we will today. And we talked about it when you were on the show, I think, last season. But for those who haven't heard it or are listening, can you take us through your recruitment, why you chose Texas Tech, oh, yeah. and who else you were considering? Yeah, so obviously uh, when I first came out, uh, my first trip was to Colorado. 
Um, I was a defensive back more than a receiver in high school. So, I, you know, a lot of teams didn't recruit me as a receiver. They recruited me as a DB. And Coach Ford, who played for Coach Dykes in high school, was my receivers coach here. He convinced me to take a visit. I wasn't even considering Tech. I just, I'm from Houston. Had yeah. never even thought about going West Texas. But he said, like, hey, just show up on campus. I promise you'll love it. I show up, and, man, it was amazing. Billy Joel, uh, Eddie Anderson, Tyrone Thurman, those guys hosted me. And to be around that camaraderie, the Smurfs, they kept on telling me, you're not going to be a real Smurf because you're too tall, but we'll find a spot for you. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And, you know, so Coach Dykes came to a home visit with my parents. Uh, my mom made a great dinner, and he was on a diet. Sharon always had him on a diet. And so he was saying he was not going to eat, but he ended up eating off my mom's plate, the leftovers. That she was, he asked her if she's going to eat it. And when he left, she said, you know what? That's where you're going because that's the realest coach that's been here. All the other coaches that came were great guys, but they were – it was more of a business. And Coach Dice was very personable, as you all know now. That was his first time as a head coach at the time, but he was, like, as honest and real as could get. And my mom loved it. And so she's like, that's where you need to go. That's funny. That's like, uh, you know, take a date out. She says she doesn't want anything. She ends up eating half her fries. Yeah, that was Coach Dyke. <laughs> and he did that the whole time we played. We used to, my senior year with myself, Anthony Lynn, McDowell, Jamie Gill, Matt Wingo, we would always wow. tease Coach Dykes because we were like, hey, when we go to the team dinner before the game, I mean, uh, that Friday night, yeah. he would always walk around and talk to the captains. Hey, what are y'all thinking? I said, we good, Coach. We would we we cover <laughs> our food <laughs> and we would protect our food. And he would get mad. Oh, I'm going to go talk to the young guys. Y'all too smart for me now. Because he would always come over and say, so what's going on? And he'll just, he wouldn't ask his grandpa, just somebody just play, just eat it. And so we like, yeah, we're going to get him. So we would always like, oh, we good, Coach. And we would just cover up our food. Like, how you doing? He would. He said, I got to leave y'all alone and go to his young guys, but they don't know me that well yet. That's so, great. Yeah. You mentioned coming from Houston. You know, I grew up in the Metroplex, and it was Tech was different even in the, in the late 90s. But mm -hmm. coming here, West Texas was different. Way there different. was an appeal from, was. say, the Metroplex. How much of a culture shock did it you have? It was a huge culture yeah. shock. I mean, I can remember, you know, again, when I first when I came on my visit and once I realized I was going to come, I was always a research guy. So I would reach out to those guys, Eddie Anderson and Wayne, you know, Walker, who's from Waco, and I was like, hey, when you got there, what kind of radio station do they have? I, I love music. They said, no, oh, man, you got to make a mixtape. You got to make a mixtape. <laughs> yeah. And so before I left that, you know, Friday nights in Houston, I would just make mixtapes from the radio station, and every time I would get homesick, I'd just click on those tapes and, and made it through it. Yeah, so after that, but the thing is, again, it's, you know, we talk about it more so now, but even back then, to me, Showing up in West Texas is like you're driving in, it's a desert, there's nothing yeah, there. Yeah. And then once you make your destination, you're in the oasis of beauty. And it's a great environment, not only, you know, aesthetically, visually, but also with the people. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a huge thing. And people, we talk about that all the time, and it's so true. You can't make that up. The people here make the difference when, you, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to being a part of a community. Like my wife is here with me. She, this is her first, second time in Lubbock. Yeah. And she's still always like, I can't believe how much friendly the people, yeah. people are. It's all tech. Exactly. We are the Dallas Cowboys, the New York yep. Yankees of, you know, West Texas. So. And I think it's cool, I think, for anybody who is out of, who didn't grow up here, but like came to school here or mm -hmm. something like yeah. you, mm -hmm. when you leave and you haven't been back for a while, as soon as you right get back, here, yep. you have that first so, conversation so, 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 with the West Texan. Nothing changes. It's like, wow, nothing this is changes. exactly how yep. I remember decades uh, 100%. ago. You know? and, and even like, you know, when we come in, like last night with some of the guys that I played with, uh, you know, we were, we were going in, and we got to talking, and, man, we started laughing, and we started cracking the same jokes we did 35 <laughs> years ago. Oh, that's cool. And it, it's just, again, nothing changes. And that's, that's the beauty of being a Red Raider, you know. 
I tell people the story all the time with myself, Robert Hall, and Lloyd Hill, Sammy Walker, and we all played arena football together in the, in the late 90s in Houston as teammates, those guys from Baylor and Texas and and like, man, y'all act like brothers. Why y'all? I said, because we are. Yeah. We came to school here together. Matt played for us the year as well. It's like we, we came in together. We, we went to these battles. We, we grew up in a, in, a, in a small, quote unquote, small town, but we, we bonded because of it. And it makes us remember those moments and we never forget it. And there's something about, like, if you go to Baylor, A&M, or one of those schools, like, you can take a weekend trip back home. That's somewhere. exactly what they, yeah. And here, it's like, you're here. Yeah, you're here. Yeah. You know there's what no I mean? Like, trip there's no day trip, whatever. No, so that's no. that's a totally different experience and, and that, as well. And, that, and that, again, that's one of the things that made the bond so special. You know, we, like I said, I, you know, we talk about it all the time. I, I love my Red Raider brothers. I love coming back to West Texas. You know, I, again, as the, as the funny thing is I tell people all the time, I've lived in Lubbock, Texas more as an adult than I have in my hometown of Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. I've had more years spent here in Lubbock as a resident than I have in Houston. Wow. And, and, and it's the reason why. I yeah. love my hometown. I love Houston. I right. live in Dallas now, but I love being in West Texas. Again. Uh, Rodney Black here, former Texas Tech great. And, uh, again, we always uh, love when you stop by the show here. Right, and let's hope hopefully get a, get a victory today. Yes, we've got, uh, we got it coming to it. It's coming. And yes. also I want to say something. I, I know Lawrence was on here earlier. Flusions. He definitely needs to be in the Hall of Fame already. We've talked yeah. about that. Again, 500 tackles. That's crazy. Right, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. Long overdue. It's yeah. coming. It's yeah. coming. So I like to right. give him some props. No, I, and I'm glad you did that. Yeah, I think everybody agrees with that one. All right, well, uh, we got more to come here on the Rocket pregame today. In fact, I think we're debuting the, the, the rocketest shoe ever. You know, everything here on the Rocket pregame <laughs> right. rocks. But uh, Macy Martinez and her brother, they, they've they been doing these shoes. You may have seen, I think Coach McGuire's wife has a pair of shoes. They like custom uh, paint or decorate. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into uh, exactly how, how she does it, but they're awesome. And she's uh, made a pair of them for the Rocket pregame. And uh, well, I guess we're going to try to wear them every uh, trade each week. Somebody gets to wear them. Is that? It's just Sean's. Oh, okay. Sean's oh, just Sean's. Okay. <laughs> In fairness, I think Sean did buy the shoe. So yeah, I guess that I guess I that is only my fair. My feet so. are too big for probably what. My feet are bigger than y'all's. Put that way. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I just that's... buy the shoes and they won't fit you. Yeah. He you did got that size thirteen for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only I mean, size ten. Sorry. Yeah. They, they All right. Work. Well, we'll find out about these and maybe how you can get some too. Uh, that's coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Live from outside Red Raider Outfitter across from the Jones on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Candy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Looking at the top 25 scores today. First off, last night, number 19, Oregon State beat Utah 21-7. That was a big upset last night in the uh, college football. Also, today, uh, we've got... Uh, USC ranked number eight right now. They are beating Coach Prime in Colorado 21-7. Eight minutes left in the second quarter. Number 22, Florida on top of Kentucky right now. Oh, and actually USC just went up 27-7. Uh, number six, Penn State and Northwestern tied at 10. That is in the second quarter. Number 22, Florida trailing Kentucky 23-0. That is halfway through the second quarter. Georgia Number one is at Auburn today. Number two, Michigan at Nebraska. Number 24, Kansas at number three, Texas. Number 23, Missouri at Vanderbilt. Number 13, LSU at number 20, Ole Miss. Number nine, Oregon 
going to Stanford. Number 14, Oklahoma hosting Iowa State. Number 11, Notre Dame, and number 17, Duke collide today. Number 21, Tennessee hosting South Carolina. Number 12, Alabama at Mississippi State. Number 7, Washington going to Arizona. Number 25, Fresno State is uh, hosting Nevada tonight. That is your top 25 scoreboard. The Rockin' Interview. All right, this is uh, an exciting moment here on, on the show. We're joined by uh, Macy and Ethan Martinez to debut our, our new uh, Rockin' pregame shoes. So before we get to this, I guess anybody, uh, most people that are listening, you know, Red Raider fans, have seen pictures and things of the shoes that you and your your brother like i guess you you, you paint them i guess and but they're customized yes and uh coach mcguire's got some i think his wife's got some so yes. from there everybody now wants these shoes so how how this even get started for you guys you know it was it I look back at it and I think I have no idea. Um, my son plays baseball and I wanted some simple shoes with my son's baseball number on it and maybe some laces. And my brother is so talented in art and guitar and all the arts basically. Um, he's won so many awards in school and stuff for his for his art projects. And so I just had him make me some very basic baseball shoes with uh, my son's number on them. And of course I wore them to my son's games and the baseball moms went crazy and they wanted some. and. And then some friends wanted some, and then some friends wanted, you know, some different style of them. And, and it just kind of took off from there um, during basketball season last year is when um, I had seen some other tech shoes kind of floating around. And I was like, I have someone who can do that. And so we made some, and or Ethan made some for me. And after that, it just kind of started rolling. Um, and it was, it was good. We had a few orders coming in and, and things like that. And then I just kind of got bold and I used Twitter as the platform that it is. And I tagged Joey McGuire and I was like, are you next? And lo and behold, he was like, yeah, here's my shoe size oh, yeah. and, and do this. And, and so, uh, Joey got some shoes and, and we came up with this really cool sketch. What better to do than to put his like name brand on it and put let's go and yeah. the brand and everything he represents. And, uh, we got to deliver those to him. And after that, it's been a blur. Um, cause once Joey McGuire does something, everyone does something. And so, uh, it has just been unbelievable how much people have just supported our local, just brother and sister. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't even know if yeah. it's a business. We're just a brother and sister who, who combine our talents to, to do something cool and, and bring people's visions to life on a shoe. Yeah. Um, so it's just taken off and I honestly can't explain the amount of, of just support we've gotten from Tech Twitter. Tech Twitter is on a whole nother level, um, and they just have our backs in, in tremendous ways. So, so people are listening now, going, "Hey, this sounds pretty cool. I, I, I'd, I'd be interested here. What, what's the process? What do they do? They, you buy the shoes yourself, what you want, and then I mean, just walk through the whole process." Yeah. So we ask that yes, they provide the shoes. We look for mostly all leather shoes because um, that provides us with the best canvas to paint, um, and they provide the shoes. Uh, just so they can guarantee the style and fit. And then we kind of ask them what they're looking for um, based on what they're thinking. Uh, we come up with a sketch together, my brother and I, and, and we, we sketch it out for them. We send it to them, get any revisions. And once they're finalized, that's when Ethan kind of takes over the hard work and does all the custom painting. Um, and it takes him on average like seven to eight hours per shoe to do because it's all hand painted. Um, and it's just, it's really neat to see people's ideas and, and kind of what they're wanting just kind of come to life and and we've never had anyone just not be in awe and i'm in awe every time i see 
the finalized project because it's just it just blows me away what can come to come to life on a shoot. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's really neat. It's been so much fun. Tyler Shutt got some. Um, so I heard someone earlier saying, you know, his, his foot was too big. Well, Tyler was a 14, so we can do we can do bigger sizes and everything too. So. More, more designs, I guess, with, on the yeah. bigger shoe, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The smaller shoes are the hardest. Um, Ethan has actually had to pull out toothpicks before for the smaller shoes oh, wow. because it's so detailed. Yeah, so yeah. the bigger shoe, the better. But toothpicks. You know. Yes. That's, yeah, to get the paint. Yeah, and, and, and Jeff, I want one point here. Right. She says that she, she, they, they make the whole idea and they send it to them. I told her for this shoe, I, I, here, here is, here's my, my shoe. Here's, here's some i, some ideas. Go. I have not seen this, so if it's turning out, you know, if it has your bald head. You know, peeking out of which the shoe. is lovely, by the way. I mean, that'd make any Super shoe shiny. look better. Yeah. You know, Super come on shiny. now. But if it if it had something like that, I had nothing to do with it. Oh, great! Uh, it makes you see this now. Okay, now, so before we debut the shoe, of course, we're debuting it on the radio. You got to take pictures and post we're gonna, these. We're going to we'll post them on the Rock and Pregame Twitter. Intern today. Todd is on so, that. Okay, so everybody can see them. But uh, so if anybody is interested in, you know, getting these shoes and getting them all decorated up, what do they need to do? Website, phone number. What do you got? Um. I actually share my phone number with all kinds of strangers, but I'm also, um, <laughs> everyone reaches out to me on Twitter. Okay. Uh, it's just Macy Martinez. You can find me super easy. You see the shoes all over my page. Um, and honestly, my direct messages are full. I've actually gotten blocked by Twitter three times already oh, because no. I've had so many messages come in. They thought I was spam. Okay. All um, right. So, but we're, we're rolling. We've got so many orders. We've got uh, people who want. Uh, I have some basketball players who have wanted some. We have some baseball players who, so we've got the rest of the seasons pretty much going. Yeah, so. all right. But Twitter's the, probably the best way to reach out to me. Okay, so just look for Macy Martinez on Twitter, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to those. Do, do, would Ethan like to? Can, yeah, can I ask yeah. you a couple questions? Trade the headset with him there, right quick, yeah. and then we'll then we'll debut the shoe here. Yeah, we've got to, got to visit with the with the artist himself here. So, Ethan, thanks for dropping by today. So, so man, are you, uh, did you I mean, was your plan to make a, a career out of art? I mean, is it something you enjoy or is it a, a career choice? Is that what you want to do for the for you know the rest of your life? Or? Yes, sir, it is. I, uh, I want to do a lot of stuff for my life, first yeah. and foremost. But art has definitely been something I've been doing for the rest of my life. I yeah. want to do these. I want to do tattoos. I want to do whatever it is in art and it doesn't even have to be in this category i want to do music yeah. i want to do other stuff too yeah. so yes this is something i want to do for the rest of my life it's yeah, like a very creative guy then i mean it's just not just the art itself but yeah music everything yeah we got that kind of creative gene man there's all kinds of outlets for that, that that's really cool though that you've been able to find something like this that you know i, I bet you didn't like uh, growing up thinking you know someday i want to decorate shoes i mean it just kind of i mean how, how did this even like did you just one day do some you know, draw something on some shoes and say, hey, this would be cool. Well, basically, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> I kind of dumbed it down for a non-art yeah. guy here. Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> My mom's friend, she was having a niece. Yeah. She wanted some shoes for her newborn niece. So she asked if I could paint ladybugs on them. Okay. And that was the first shoe I ever did. And I loved it and it looked good. It was sweet and nice. And it was just like a little sweet thing to do. And then after that, people wanted more and then after yeah. that as things started growing and then yeah. after that and now here we are from ladybugs to double t's and stuff all right well let's let's uh let's let's debut the shoe here okay I guess. so uh macy you want to get the headset again here and tell intern. us enter uh, enter todd intern over there listen uh, uh, just because there's a bench doesn't mean 
need you know mean you need to be sitting on it. <laughs> Snap to it. All right, come on. All right, so we're gonna take a picture of our shoe. We'll post it on Rockin' Free Game Twitter. Here you go. Oh, nice. oh my gosh, those are awesome. Wow. Those are so cool. Oh, look at that. So when you uh, after you you get them all painted and everything, do you do you like? Spray something, I mean, like, is there some kind of coating on them, or how's that, you know? Yes, so I don't we know, I don't use, know um, what that'd be called. But. We use the brand oh, Angelus, it's wow. custom paints, custom sealants, um, everything, so they are waterproof and everything. So, the sealant that we use, um, Ethan sprays it and then he'll spray it a second time as well to just really make sure the paint and the design is on there. Um, so you don't have to worry if, about weather or anything like that. Um, they should hold up very, very well unless you're just scuffing them across the ground. But um, no, they are the paints we used are, are custom made for leather. The, the sealant we use is custom made for shoes. So we use the highest quality. Is this like is this like freehand? Yes, sir. So, that is unbelievable. Freehand. Yes. That is. I mean, this is amazing. So yeah, check them out. So look on Twitter. You can find uh, Macy Martinez. And uh, reach out and wow. uh, maybe you can get you some of these shoes because they're they're really cool. And uh, intern boy here will be uh, putting those up on uh, Rock and Pregame Twitter, uh, so you can get it get a get a good look at them. Because yeah, this is this is really cool. We're proud to have them. I wish we could all wear them, but I guess Sean, you like I said, you bought the shoes, so you can have them. All right. Well, uh, Ethan and Macy, thanks for uh, both of y'all dropping by today and sharing these. Man, we're so excited and, uh, for you and uh, and everything you got going. So yeah, anybody Red Raider fans want some uh, custom shoes like this? Uh, yeah, Macy. Martinez on Twitter. All right. Well, we'll Perfect. let you guys you go. Guys. Enjoy the game Appreciate now. Uh, we come back here. We'll talk some Red Raider defense here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. We are live outside Red Raider Outfitter across from the Jones on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Well, we're two hours away from the Red Raiders hosting Houston tonight. Red Raiders favored by eight and a half. It is the Big 12 home opener tonight in this one. Uh, we got last night, BYU knocked off Cincinnati 35-27. BYU gets a big, Big 12 win last night. We also have uh, Kansas at Texas. That's 2:30. Of course, Houston at Texas Tech, 2.30. Baylor at Central Florida, that's a 2.30 game. Iowa State goes to number 14, Oklahoma at 6. And in the nightcap, West Virginia at TCU, that is a 7 o'clock kickoff. That is your Big 12 scoreboard. Shop Chrome. Red Raider Defense. All right, so uh, we're going to talk some tech defense here as we get ready for uh, Texas Tech and Houston today, kicking off around 2.30. Gosh, in the background, if you can hear it through through our mics or not, but, you know, uh, Vanilla Ice is over there rocking the <laughs> over there. Man, he's, he's loud over there. I heard him say, go Ninja, go Ninja. I did, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, he's playing over at Raider Alley. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2? I think I remember that from <laughs> that my childhood. Yeah, I remember I when he showed up in the movie, was like, oh, it's Vanilla Ice! It's like, <laughs> it's like my son, I was like 12 or something. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's prime time for Vanilla Ice. I mean, when you're 12 years old, that's uh, all right. So, uh, hey, let me just mention, you know, today, of course, uh, you know, big football game for Tech, but also uh, it's you know the game that uh, you know Mike Leach being honored, you know, co uh, 
Kingsbury also, they, he went to the Hall of Fame, Leach in the uh, Hall of Honor last night. And fans coming out today to honor Mike Leach. Probably the first chance that Tech fans have really had an officially sanctioned Texas Tech event to honor Coach Leach. And I think it's going to be a crazy crowd yeah. today. People are just going to really uh, just love this chance. And I mentioned if you still need something for the game, you know, everybody likes to have some new uh, threads for the game. But here at Red Raider Outfitter, right behind us here, um, they've got a whole line of uh, Mike Leach shirts, they different T-shirts that they've designed for it. Uh, Pete, you and I got these uh, the dark horse polos. Yes. You got the Those pirate sharp, motif. Aren't these cool? Yeah. Tell them, man. It's uh, but love these shirts and. And, and I just want to make sure, too, you know, a couple things. First of all, Red Raider Outfitter worked with Leach's family to design these shirts. Excellent. And a, a big portion of the proceeds from the sale of the, all these Mike Leach shirts is going to go to help foster kids here in Lubbock. So yeah, it's just cool. a, kind of a cool thing. You get to honor Coach Leach, and you also get to help foster kids here in town. So. Yeah, I just wanted to say, too, you know, uh, you know, Coach Leach was a good friend of mine. When, when he got suspended at Tech, uh, in San Antonio at that bowl game, uh, one of his first calls was to me, and we flew back on a private plane to Lubbock. He wanted to show off the so-called garage that a Adam James was put in, but you know, I talked to Coach a lot, and I just want to get out that you know this doesn't. It, 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 the, the timing isn't great, and of course, it's, it, you know, Coach Leach isn't here. But we always talked about how he just loved Texas Tech and he loved Red Raider fans. So just, uh, you know, embrace that today, that he would be proud uh, just because he loved Texas Tech. And I just want to get that out. Uh, forget all the garbage that's surrounding it. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about that anymore. It just right. makes me angry to talk about it because it's yeah. the dumbest thing that ever, that ever happened in the history of yeah. uh, sports probably, and that's that's really saying something. But I, I, I'll never get over it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of Tech fans probably that are like me. There's a lot probably maybe that don't care or moved on. No, but I it, think most are it like It ticks you, me off, man, and I, I, just, I get Tech fired fans... up when I think about it. Love Mike Leach. Yeah. And never stop loving him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a maybe a loud minority who would who scream, oh, he did this. He was always looking for another job. But, you know, yeah, most of them served on the Board of Regents. Right. <laughs> and a lot of those people are, are no longer at Tech. Right, You right. know what I mean? So Thank God. He won a lot. Uh, he was unique. He endeared himself to the fan base and the community. I'm, I'm like you. I'm like both of you all. Uh, I didn't have the relationship you, you did, Pete, but uh, he made a lot to me. Just as a as a guy who went to Texas Tech and was a Tech fan, yeah. you know, uh, so I'm really happy that this is happening today as well. Yeah, yeah winning as Tech football coach of all time, so yeah, you got to honor him, yeah. It's and a, I'm I'm just happy it's happening because I didn't know if it was. I, I was shooting for when Mississippi State comes to town. So both fan bases, I don't even know when that is, 26 or something. Yeah. So it happened earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, no, it's it's a great day, and I know my uh, my oldest son was the mayor of Raiderville back you know, <laughs> some awesome. of those years, you know, and just man, he just he would have done anything for Leach. I mean, yeah. the, the students at that time, I mean, it was just incredible, and uh, it, it will always be one of the greatest eras of Texas Tech football. And it's just sad that it had to end the way it did, but a uh, great chance to come out and honor Coach Leach today. And I think there's going to be there's a lot of people. You can just feel the energy around yeah. here today. It's I mean, you know, it's a sold-out game, but man, you just you can just tell. I think there, I think a lot of people are coming uh, coming out because they this is that opportunity to just you know show your support. I, know, I think Leach's family is here, aren't yep. they, Pete? Yeah. Yes, they were here yesterday. I actually, yeah. okay, confirmed yeah. with a official at Texas Tech that the family was going to be here for the Hall of Fame yeah. ceremony, yeah. Uh, an official one on Friday.
Well, it's cool. So we still got we got some football to get to as well. Of course, uh, today you know Houston comes in. You got Donovan Smith, former Tech quarterback, friendship quarterback. So yeah. you know he's going to be uh, juiced up for this game. Dana Holgerson, uh, you know from the Leach coaching tree, and uh, you know it's going to be a game that he's going to he's certainly going to be uh, motivated for as well. So uh, Tech on the defensive side of the ball today. I mean the defense has probably been the thing that really yeah. has kept. It, Kept, you know, kept Tech in in some of these games. Uh, thoughts today? Well, I asked defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter about it on Monday during the press conference. Really, the only thing that's hurt Tech's defense has been untimely penalties. Third down, it's like third and eight, third and nine against quarterbacks who who had struggled. You allowed them to continue drives by you know, holding penalties, late hit penalties. That's both against Wyoming. And uh, last week against West Virginia, I think if you don't have those penalties, you probably win the game, especially if, if you run the ball with Taj Moore. That, that's another that's section. That's another thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Donovan Smith, I think if you ask 10 Texas, if you poll 10 Tech fans, I think five or six of them would say, oh, he's not that good, he's not very efficient. I disagree with them, and this is why. He won some huge games as yes, the starting did, quarterback yeah. at Texas Tech. That win over Iowa State two years ago, that got Tech Bowl eligible, he made some big throws. I, I'm thinking of that that corner route he threw to Miles Price where he got, remember he was hurt, he said he, he was butt hurt, literally butt hurt. <laughs> right. uh, that was a huge throw that which nobody saw coming at, at, at a big time. Just last year against Houston, that fourth and forever that he fourth completed. Fourth and 20. Yeah, to, yeah. to uh, Jaron Bradley, and then the run in double overtime to win the game. The win over Texas, he made some big plays. They converted, what was it, like seven of eight on fourth down or something crazy like that? Right, yeah. He was the quarterback converting those. So he's a gamer. He might play an ugly game for three quarters, and then the game's on the line, and he either makes a big run or a big throw. We saw that at Friendship. You brought that up. I went to a couple of his games, including the one against uh, Cooper his senior year, at, or against Cooper at Friendship. Uh, his senior year where he threw for like five touchdowns. It was a quadruple overtime instant classic. Uh, he caught a two-point conversion in one of the overtimes. To, Did he throw it to himself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could have. <laughs> That's that how amazing, right? Yeah, and, you know, Cooper had some good players. They have a guy playing at Baylor right now. They had a guy at Oklahoma right now on that defense. Obviously, Cooper's a good program. My point is Tech needs to – they don't want to be in a position where Donovan Smith has the ball to win the game. Because even if he, he looks ugly throughout the whole, like his play looks ugly throughout the whole game, and he's in that position, we know, we've seen it in this stadium that he can make a play with his arm or his legs to win it for Houston. So don't be in that, that situation. Well, definitely a game Tech needs needs to win today for sure. Yeah, and you know, last year when they played that game, Donovan Smith was the Big 12 player of the week. Is that right? I mean, yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal in that game. And uh, Dana Holgerson this week talked about him coming back and, of course, Dana coming back, and he said, a lot of our Houston guys who come back to Tech uh, can't handle it. So he has really worked with Donovan Smith this week to get his mind right, just like they did here with Shuck when he played Oregon. He told him he's got to stay in the moment, don't get too over-anxious. And uh, uh, Dana Holgerson said, I'm all over this this week. I'm going to make sure he's locked in on the game and not all the craziness about coming back. You got, uh, I think, Alex Hogan used to play for Tech. He's yeah. still a DB. He's still playing for Houston. Has he played he much? I yeah, no. He does, okay. and uh, they had a running back too. It was Taz? Uh, what was it? I can't remember his name. Wasn't Keyshawn Carter there? Keyshawn Carter. I don't yeah. know if he's still there. Or no, I don't he know. was there. Yeah. 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 No, I, the guy you talk about. Uh, oh man, 
He's an all-purpose back. I actually talked about him in a podcast earlier this week. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, okay. Well, he's there too. He he was a guy who kind of lost his head uh, last year, I think, when when they played. So that's what – and you know what? Real quick, that's one thing I respect the most about Dana as a coach is the uh, psychology. Remember when Tech played West Virginia and he would have them kind of try to intimidate the Cliff Kingsbury-led teams? And it would work. Yeah. You know, some better Tech teams lost to West Virginia, I think because of some of those psychological games that Dana plays. And he's really smart about that. Yes. Well, Tayshawn Henry. Tayshawn Henry. Tayshawn Henry. There you go. I knew Sean would know it. All right. All right. We come back here. It's time to rock or roll. We still got some predictions coming up here in the final word uh, before we're all done here and uh, get get over to the, the tailgate and get ready to, for the game today at 2.30. All right. It's the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame live outside Red Raider Outfitter across the Jones on Rock 101.1. Time to take a check of the Gandy's Milk College Football Scoreboard. Looking at the Big 12 scoreboard, the new kids on the block. Oh, 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 oh. BYU beat Cincinnati 35-27 last night. This afternoon, number 24, Kansas. Yes, they are ranked. They're 4-0 at number 3, Texas. Both teams undefeated. 2.30 in Austin. Houston here at the Jones, Texas Tech. That is 2.30 on FS2 if you can't make it out. Texas Tech favored by 8.5. Also 2.30. Another new team, Central Florida hosting Baylor. Iowa State visits number 14, Oklahoma. That's a 6 o'clock kick. And West Virginia at TCU. Both those teams, 3-1. and one, They kick 7 o'clock on ESPN2. That fun. It's time to, you know, and... I know, Troy. Rock and roll is the cornerstone of the show, especially after eight years. <clears throat> you were saying? Even I know that if you rock, it's the number Sean sets it at or higher. And if you roll... It's lower. It's time to rock or roll. All right. Uh, we can just hear an ice ice baby across the way at Raider Alley. Vanilla Ice is uh, bringing it back. That's, that's the big one right there. That's what everybody showed up for right there. All <laughs> right. So uh, we're going to rock or roll, and let's get right to it here. We're going to start on the tech side of, the, of things here. Uh, we're going to start off with Baron Morton completion percentage. Now, that's Let's interesting. Let's say quarterback completion. Okay. quarterback completion. Because, yeah, there's some things going around out there that. Uh, yeah. The bottom line, I've heard from several sources that uh, Baron Morton did not practice much, if at all, this week. Uh, but he's still expected to start today. We'll have updates on Inside the Red Raiders in terms of who's out there at warm-ups. But I would say be prepared for Jake Strong, true freshman out of Justin Northwest High School. So apparently he took a lot of snaps this he week did. in practice, which is good because yeah. if he is called uh, into action there, he hadn't, he hadn't had any game He's not time taking at all. a snap at the college level. All right, so let's – okay, so QB completion percentage protected, whoever it is, at 48.67. Well, Kevin Eschenfelder said the defensive backfield is one of the most banged up on the team. I think they're going to look much better at home here in terms of the passing game. I'm going to rock. Okay. I'm going to rock, too. All right. Taj Brooks uh, rushing attempts at 15 and a half. Rock. I'm going to rock on that, too. Yeah, let's hope so, right? Uh, Jaren Bradley catches at five and a half. I'm going to roll. Me, too. Yeah, yeah, especially if they run Taj a lot more. Yeah. And if they have success, do you think they're going to keep. Do you think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Just... Do you think that Kitley's going to sarcastically run, like, Taj five times in a row to start the game just because just just of all right, the, the right. pushback from last week. Uh, I know. can see him do it. Like, that's, <laughs> I, I, that's something I would, like, I would see Kingsbury do. You know? Right. 
All right, how about uh, Josiah Pierre solo tackles, five and a quarter? Uh, rock. Okay, all right. Uh, five. Yeah, I'll rock. All right, then we've got uh, McNamara punt average, 48.56 yards. Is he going to punt? Yeah, I am, too, with yeah. the wind. Yeah, that's true. If he's punting into the wind, it's going to be a problem, yeah. Yeah. All right, yes. uh, now on to uh, Houston. Houston points in this game, 27.3. I'm going to roll. Me, too. All right, uh, let's see. More touchdown pass or rushes? Okay, hang on a second. What do we got here, Sean? You, you confused me on this one. Okay, 53.8% touchdown passes. Are there going to be more? They they have 53% of the time they they are passed the ball for touchdowns. For touchdowns. No, you're saying are they going to pass 53% and run 47? Who cares about the touchdowns? Like the other game, they ran more than they passed. Isn't that what no you're saying? You're, we have to go into this detail of an explanation. <laughs> Maybe it's too, it's too, too complicated with the math, Sean. I think we, we just we don't do math. We don't do math. What is this? More run or touch, uh, run or passing. Where's the touchdown? Wait, are they going to score more <laughs> through the air or through the ground? Is yes. that what you're asking? Yes. Uh, Pete, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm going to say they have more uh, through the run. So okay. I guess that would be roll? Yes. Okay. I'll rock just to disagree with <laughs> something. I don't know. Just, just say anything one pass this week. All right. All right, Donovan Smith, a touchdowns involved in, whether running or passing for, at 2.5. That's a good stat. That there. is. I'm, I'm going to roll. I'll rock. Okay, all right. Matthew Golden catches this afternoon at 5.5. Rock. I'll rock. All right, and then Malik Robinson tackles six and a quarter. I'll rock on that. I'll roll. Okay, all right. Uh, so that is your rock or roll. The Alpha Cup is up for grabs again this year with Sean in the lead, 4-3 to three over Pete. Jeff and Jared are trying for their first win ever. Time for the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Predictions. <laughs> you paid somebody that talks back to us? Is that yeah, what just yes, happened? Yes, that's exactly what it is. paid somebody that talks back to us. That is exactly <laughs> it, and it's, and it's not <laughs> hey, right. Hey, here's the thing. This next level troll. Right, right, right now, in last place, it's Pete five games back. You are so smug. I, I was waiting for you to use the word smarmy. But you are smarmy. You didn't have to bring that up. This is a great day, and you just had to make a little jab with your little saber like you're a fencer. He's, a, I used to be he's a swinging thing. his sword, I Pete. Used to be a oh. oh, you know what? In that case, I'm honored to take it for Coach Leach. All right, here we go. Let's get to predictions. Uh, some of the games today, let's start with number 24, Kansas at number 3, Texas. That's a good one. I want Kansas to win this game I agree. really badly, but I... I, I I still think Texas probably is the safe choice. I'm going to go Texas. I got Texas. Texas. Hasn't Kansas beaten Texas? Like I think at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, right? Yeah, twice. twice. Yeah. So it, it's not out of the realm of possibility, you know. But I just uh, still go with Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Baylor at UCF. 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 Everybody. All right, uh, Iowa State at number 14, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'll take uh, Oklahoma. Anybody? We should do against the spread. I got Oklahoma. Boom, or sooner. All right, and then uh, West Virginia at TCU. I'll take TCU. 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 Everybody? I'll go TCU. Okay, that's easy. Uh, this could be a good Ooh, game right here. Go. Number 13, LSU at number 20, Ole Miss. I, I, ah, man, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say LSU. I'll go LSU. LSU. Ole Miss at home. Ooh, all right, okay, yeah. yeah, see, that's the thing. That's why yeah. it's tough. That, I think that's going to be a really good game yep. to watch right there. I can't wait. Uh, here's another good one. Number 11, Notre Dame at number 17, Duke. 17, Duke. That doesn't sound right. I know, yeah. It's not even basketball, right? Yeah. 
Ah, boy. I know. That's another one you Funny know. Nurse. At Duke. But, yeah. I think After that loss to Ohio State, I got to go Notre Dame. Yeah, I got Notre Dame as well. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, Notre Dame. Sorry. Oh, gee, okay. All right. And then finally, South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee. Tennessee evolves. I got Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. I, they, they've struggled on offense, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But uh, good oh, that's a tough place to play. Rocky Top. Yeah, All right. Um, don't ever let me do that again, by the way. It's all right. I don't want to sing. You ever been to a game there? No, but it's probably Go, great. Dude, you it have is been, amazing. Have yeah, it is one from of the a, best. From a standpoint of being a college football a fan. fan what yeah. game did you go to? Uh, Tennessee, Florida, four years ago. Nice. And, yeah, Florida, Tennessee hadn't beaten Florida in, like, eight years or something. And Florida was up by 17 points, and Tennessee came back and won. It was it was a heck of a party before, after, and all the way going into the next day. That was fun. All right, so that's our predictions for games around the country. We come back here. Final thoughts on today's game with Texas Tech and Houston kicking off at 2.30. We'll also make our predictions for uh, today's game. Here on the Red Raider Outfitter, rocking pregame outside Red Raider Outfitter. All right. Uh, hey, I want to mention Monday morning, 8 o'clock, Rock 101.1, Billy Madison Show, your first shot at $2,000. We got $2,000 a day, the 2K giveaway. So it starts Monday. Catch that first keyword, 8 o'clock, uh, with Billy Madison. All right, so it's final thoughts here. Uh, you know, just let's make our score predicts for today's game. See what everybody's thinking here as we get ready for kickoff at 2.30. I'll go first here. I got Tech at 28 and Houston 17. So, Okay. Um, you know, I, I would, I'm concerned even put, saying 27 or so. I mean, just you just don't know what to expect with the offense. And uh, I sure hope Jake Strong has a big game uh, when he gets in the game. But I'm going to go 27-24 Tech. Uh, I'd like to go lower. But, man, I, you hope they're going to score today. But, man, I, I don't know. It's not a lot of evidence. Yeah, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Either offense is great. I think it's going to be a grinded out kind of game. A lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, all that kind of I think it's 2017 Texas Tech. I do play at home. If yeah. it was in Houston, I don't know. Yeah. Who I predict. yeah. But it's not. It's in Lubbock. Right well, across the street here. And it, uh, I think Texas Tech's going to do what they need to do to win. It'll be, it'll be inter interesting to see what happens at the quarterback position because, as we talked yeah. about earlier, you'd mentioned that uh, Barron didn't practice a lot this week and Jake Strong took a lot of snaps and maybe we see him. And I, I don't know. It should be, Last should be interesting. Last I heard, though, is that Barron was still going to start. Yeah, that's so, what I – yeah, same so, thing, yeah. He's a tough dude. He's a West Texan, right. so let's see what he does. Yeah, and and I know we got to get out of here, but uh, you've seen Jake uh, Strong some yeah. practice. Yeah. How does he look? I you know I haven't really seen him much. Yeah, he has a really good arm. He's more like Barron and, as a runner than Shuck, and that okay. yeah he can run if, if need be, but he's not like uh, just this tremendous athlete. Uh, really smart guy. Had a lot of experience at the high school level. Uh, really good arm. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll see him some today. 28-24 with Jake Strong throwing two touchdowns for the win for the Red Raiders. Yeah, I love, back. I love, I love how you always have a, an extra layer of detail. You know, I and mean, that's that's really good, Sean. You're like seeing into the crystal ball. Truly, the rest of us are we're you're playing chess while we're playing checkers. So, all right, well that is it. Uh, thank you to our intern boy Todd here. I guess right, you did a, you did a very nice job. We appreciate it. Go Where see go, our Rock and Pregame shoes from Macy Martinez. It's on the Rock and Pregame Twitter. And uh, man, let's let's go enjoy some football today. It's a little windy, but it's uh, but it's a nice day for football. So we'll see you over at the tailgate. It's been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101. This has been a presentation of Rock 101.1 Sports and Alpha Media.